BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. Get on your spiritual hats because today we are talking all about manifesting the thing that's right for you. I actually like have an exercise for you in this episode that I do with Haley. And I'm going to wait for you to hear it from her voice because it's way more soothing and vibrational than mine. But just make sure you stay tuned till the end of the episode because we're going to visualize something and make it come to life. So I'm really excited for you to hear that. Before we get into that, I'm going to talk about a few things you wanted me to talk about this week on the solo part. The first one was this wedding that I went to this past weekend. It was one of my best friend's weddings. And this was like my New York City crew. There's like the New York City crew and then there's like the BU college crew. And then there's kind of like the post-college random hodgepodge of friends crew. And this was my home friends. It was really, really nice. So this is a couple that they're like very private. So I feel like I'm not going to talk too much about them because I just want them to, you know, live their lives and not have to deal with being on my podcast in any way. But they're such a cute story. She and I grew up together and like have known each other since middle school. And he is my ex, like my high school boyfriends, my high school sweethearts, best friend. And so him and I became really close when I was dating this ex. And then, you know, fast forward to we broke up, but him and I remained close. And obviously I was very close with my friend. And then they ran into each other on the subway in the city. And they had kind of known each other like tangentially but they ran into each other on the subway and they both texted me and they were like, Oh my God, I ran into, you know, Matt. Oh my God. I ran into Lily. And I was like, wait, you guys would be so good together. Like, how have I never thought about this? And he got her number. He asked her out and the rest is history. And it's really cute. And they're really one of the most unproblematic couples ever. Like they're just so sweet. And it was really such a fun celebration. We were in Troutback, which is a great place to get married in upstate New York. It's a beautiful venue. The food is delicious. And my high school ex was obviously at the wedding because he's best friends with the groom. And I hadn't really been ever at a wedding with him or like in close 
quarters with him, especially since I've been married and, you know, he's a girlfriend now and for a long time. And I was, of course, like my toxic mind is expecting this like drama and excitement and fun. And like, that wasn't the, there was also so funny. So we had like a toxic relationship back in high school and he had cheated on me once with this girl who was also at the wedding, who also her ex was also at the wedding. So it was like in my head, I'm like, oh my God, maybe there'll be this drama and excitement. And it's so funny because like, yeah, I know I'm married. I'm so happy. But like, you know, it's like Taylor Swift, that one song, like, but I miss screaming and fighting and dance and whatever in the rain. It's called The Way I Loved You, if you want to listen to it. And it's like, we do crave this excitement no matter what. Like, obviously my relationship with Steven is so exciting, but I was like, oh my God, I'm going to run into my ex. It's going to be a moment, you know? And it was so anticlimactic. Like we were just like, hey, and like said hi to each other. Like Steven said hi to him. And like, that was it. (laughs) That was it. But it's really funny because I was thinking like, and I was going to do a poll question, but then I was like, everyone's going to know, like going to see this at the wedding and know I'm asking it about this particular situation. But now I'm outing myself, obviously by talking about it on this podcast. But I was going to ask, if you were to run into your ex, would you rather them be the same person? Like when you dated them, like kind of bring back all the memories or be like a completely different person? right? Like totally not who they were. And I feel like you'd want them to be the same person, right? Because that like brings you right back. But yeah, I feel like my ex is totally different now. So it's like, it's not the same feeling, but I was like some, I don't know. There's something inside of me that was hoping for this thing that never happened. Like I wasn't hoping for, you know, like, I don't know. If you get that, you get that. If not, you, you know, you don't. The wedding itself was gorgeous. Our friend, uh, Jake, who goes by Big Wet, he's like like a performer. You might've seen him on SNL. He's actually hilarious. Also a really old friend of all of ours. He was the officiant. And we were joking about how I had done this like TikTok that was like four signs at a wedding that it's not going to last, like right before I went to this wedding. But this couple is so unproblematic. Like they're such a wonderful couple that it has nothing to do with that. And like my TikTok videos, my Instagram reels, like they're just for dramatic effect, obviously. Like, you know, that's how you get traction on these apps is like by saying like the four, you know, we've talked about this all the time, like the four things that if you don't do your relationship is over. Like that's, that's what we got to say as, as creators a lot of the time. And so he called me out and he was like, that was such interesting timing. Like everyone kind of called me out and I was like, yeah, I know. Like obviously that had nothing to do with you guys, but he was like, I'm going to work it into my, my speech as the officiant and say like, well, there's been interesting timing. So the exact wording he used was, in spite of the controversial timing of this post, I was inspired. So let me briefly give you. And then I stood up and I said, four signs I've noticed that Matthew and Lily are perfect for each other. And then Jake continued, but it was really funny. And I felt so honored to be a part of their ceremony. And it's just like so fun, you know, and a lot of this, like these like videos that I post, like, they're never really about anyone in my life. I love everyone in my life so deeply and so dearly. And everyone knows that who's friends with me, but it's just fun to like 
you know, play a part sometimes, especially to participate in a wedding of two people I love very dearly. Also, during the ceremony, Jake Smith, who, by the way, I totally slipped my mind before, he is the first episode of this podcast. So feel free to go back and listen to episode number one, and you'll hear Jake Smith back in the day. But he was you know, saying a line about how important rings are and how rings are like the circle of marriage that signifies it's everlasting and blah, blah, blah. And I go to like hold Steven's hand and touch his ring and it's not on his finger. And I was like, where I'm mouth, where is your ring? And he's like, um, he forgot it upstairs. And normally I don't care. Like I don't, we're obviously married. Nobody needs to see it. But like, because, you know, there were people at this wedding who I used to date. I was like, go get your fucking ring. <laughs> and he was like, All right. and then he was like, okay, like, I'll, like, I'll get it after. And I was like, no, get it now. Like, you have to get it now. This is not the wedding to forget your ring. And he's like, are you kidding me? But then like, just shows how much of a wonderful husband he is. I then went upstairs to like look for the ring. I couldn't find the ring, whatever. And I, in my mind, because like that's where I go, like default toxicity, I'm like, we're in a fight now. Like I'm going to come down and like, we're just not going to talk because like we're in a fight. And of course I come down to like the cocktail hour and he's like already gotten me my Diet Coke. And like, it's just so cute and sweet. And he was like, you were just not well. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I love you. Um, Anyway, I want to tell you guys that camp is less than a month away. So if you're listening to this and you're coming to camp, I'm so excited to meet you. We still have a few spots left and I would love for you guys to be there. We have, you know, tons of amazing people coming, but we can always use a couple more guys. So if you're a guy listening and you want to come to camp, let me know. Uh, you go. You can go to wemetatacme.com and find out all the deets. We also have some live shows coming up. We have one in LA, one in SF, and one in Austin. All the details are also on wemetatacme.com under events. All right. Two more things. One, uh, sorry, three. One person said three year in a three-year relationship, everyone's asking and pressuring about when I'm getting engaged. Here's the thing. When you're in a relationship for a long time and people see you, they don't really know what to say. They're, people are awkward. They're just making conversation. Like they don't care if you're getting engaged, but they're just people. So try not to take it so personally, but also like make a joke. That's what I always did. Not that people were saying it to me for too long because I was only dating Stephen for like a little over a year and a half, but people still said it to me because I'm, you know, I was in my 30s and people would, I remember my friend at dinner, she was like, so when do you want to get engaged? And I was like, yesterday, (laughs) like, you know, you just can't take yourself so seriously and just make a joke about it. It's, it's not intended to make you feel pressured. Someone said, you said your husband didn't ask you to go home with him while dating. Did you initiate the first time? He's not the kind of guy who is ever going to be like, can I come up or blah, blah, blah. Unless like he knew that it was going to be a one night thing, but he really was intentional when we were first dating. And I actually invited him up one night, 
but he was drunk and I was sober because I've, I've been sober since the beginning of our relationship. And he kind of like didn't, he was like, oh, like, yeah, like I'm just, I'm going to go home. But like, and I was like, oh my God, he hates me. He's not into women. Like I was just coming up with everything. And the reality was like, he really did want to like have it be special, have it be a time when like we were both sober, like when he wasn't drunk, you know? And so he never, he never was like, can I come up or will you come up? He kind of had defaulted to me for me to be like, why don't you come up? And I did it on like our fifth date. And then we play this like fun game where we kind of like fooled around, but we did. I don't know if you've ever seen Billy Madison, but he's like hooking up with the teacher and she's asking him questions. Like, you know, when was Columbus, whatever, discovered America. And then he answered. And if he got it right, she took off a piece of clothing. We were like playing that game. It's actually really fun. You should do it. Like, even if you're dating for a long time. Tips for meeting parents for the first time. Always ask to help, like what you can help with. Ask questions. Ask them about their son like or daughter, what they were like growing up. Limit the PDA, if at all. And just like try to be your most outgoing and your best self. Bring a gift if you're going to their house. If you're meeting them at a restaurant, you don't have to. And don't be afraid to, to really like ask them questions. Parents want to be asked things. It's not just them asking you, you know, it doesn't have to be an interview. It should be a conversation. And now for Haley. You really can't manifest without setting the stage for that manifestation. So if you're listening to this and you are like, I really want to get into it a little bit more, you know, then you need to look into Sage Natural Wellness. Sage Natural Wellness is a new partner of the podcast. And they're not new because for over 30 years, Sage has been creating 100% natural plant-based personal care products for your home and your overall well-being. That includes support for your stress and sleep, as well as beautiful diffusers and blends that elevate your space with functional scents that smell like happiness, the rainforest, eucalyptus, and more. If you are feeling woo-woo from this episode or really just want to hop on this amazing trend of using essential oils to feel better, like for example, their peppermint halo, which I use every day. It is so soothing and cooling and it feels like an ice pack during this hot ass summer on the back of my neck. It is amazing. It also helps release all my tensions. And you can use these amazing sage oils when you're getting a massage. Maybe you'll give your partner a massage using them. And they've got all kinds of functions. So you should totally check it out. And as a thank you to you guys, to my listeners, Sage is offering everyone a discount to help them top up on their wellness. Use code ACME20 at checkout to receive 20% off your purchase. Exclusions apply. You can use this code online at sage.com. That's S-A-J-E.com or in store. Again, that's S-A-J-E.com. As you may know, I've set up a few couples who have now gotten married and it is literally my pride and joy in life because I love love 
And one of the couples is my friend Stephanie and she got married two weeks before me and it was so absolutely beautiful. And I really didn't do that much to set them up. Let's be honest. They had matched on an app and I just reignited the conversation for her. And then I kind of talked to him for like a month on her behalf. And anyway, they got married and she is so sweet. She started working with Hannah Florman, who is a private jeweler based in Boston. And she created, and Hannah's known for creating these stunning diamond engagement rings. And as a gift for me for facilitating this kind of setup in a way, Stephanie and Hannah worked together to create this absolutely stunning ring that I wear every single day that has green in it and gold. And I'm just going to have to take a picture for you and show you because it is the most stunning thing. I, I've never taken it off since, since I got it. And it just has shown me that Hannah's jewelry is fully one of a kind. So you might be thinking like working with a private jeweler means your custom ring is going to take more time or be more expensive, but neither is true. Hannah has access to the best quality stones and designs within your exact vision in mind. Like whatever you want, you can dream it up. She will make it so well. She works one-on-one with her clients, designing each ring and sourcing the best diamonds on and off the market. She understands her client's personal style and priorities and makes the whole experience really easy and enjoyable, truly. And so if your partner's involved or if they're not involved, Hannah knows how to be discreet and still maintain that bit of romance. I'm telling you, you should 100% be working with someone like Hannah, especially if you're going to invest in some really nice jewelry. You can book a complimentary call with Hannah Florman through her website, which is hannahflorman.com slash contact to get started. Or you can follow her on Instagram at Hannah Florman. That's H-A-N-N-A-H-F-L-O-R-M-A-N. Check her out. Hi, everyone. I'm Peyton Sarton, host of the Note to Self podcast. Note to self is a space to embrace your unique qualities, get grounded, and ultimately have honest conversation. No topic is off limits. I began doing social media seven years ago, and since then, I've started a clothing line and this podcast. Note to self is a place where people from every stage of life can come for advice, new perspectives, and to feel a little less alone. Whether I'm recording by myself or bringing along a friend, we will explore topics ranging from relationships and mental wellness to social media and entrepreneurship. Tune in to Note to Self every week for the sisterly advice you didn't know you needed and raw conversations you've always wanted. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with manifestation content creator and coach Haley Hoffman-Smith. Hey, Haley. Hi, Lindsay. This is so fun. So fun. I love in person. I feel like nothing beats that, you know? Okay, actually, this is... I think this is the first podcast I've ever done in person, really? except for like with a friend when they were over for a day. And I was like, hey, do you want a podcast about something? So this I is exciting. love that. <laughs> I love that. So Haley, tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you and where are you from? I am going to be 26 on Monday by the time this episode airs <laughs> on July 25th. And I grew up in Denver, Colorado, but I've been in Manhattan since February 2020, five weeks before the pandemic. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize you moved right before the pandemic. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have foreseen that one, but it turned out fine. It definitely did. And yeah. did you did you feel like since you had moved right before the pandemic that you know how there were those rumors like New York City is dead. It's never going to be the same. Were you like, fuck, I'm screwed? Well, OK, so I didn't really understand New York City and its full 
full glory. So to me, I was like, what a quaint little town you can yeah, go around yeah. anywhere so easily. There's right. no traffic. No so I was okay. I mean, I was okay with it. I don't remember really being concerned. Yeah. That's <laughs> I mean, so I didn't funny. like that I'd signed a lease right before that and I was paying like top dollar, but it right. turned out fine. <laughs> That's so funny because there was a moment there where it was totally empty and like it was this kind of quaint suburban almost <laughs> town. Yeah. It was so quiet. There was no one on the streets. It was crazy. Were you here during that time? I was. I was oh, wow. here until like, I would say June or maybe no, like May. Oh, okay. But it was like for like months, there were months where I was just in my apartment with my new boyfriend at the time. And that'll bond you. It was, it was bonding, but (laughs) we were like, this is crazy. We would be, it was so like eerily quiet in the city that it was like scary to be out in the streets because it was just like you and one other person. Oh my gosh. Especially because the contrast, because you were used to New York. Right. Right. Well, that's what I feel like LA, like I'm never worried about being on the streets in New York City. Like I'm never, never worried Mm -hmm. about it. But I feel like when I visit LA and I'm on the streets, I'm worried because it's like no one else is, you know? And so that was like the vibe that I was getting. Oh my God. No, mine was kind of the inverse because when the pandemic hit, I was actually in Kentucky for a speaking engagement. And so I just went back to Denver for three months with like a little suitcase that I'd packed for one speaking engagement. And then I came back to New York City in June. So I missed like ghost town, New York City. Right, but right. I still yeah. got quaint, quaint village. You Stars got quaint Hollow, New York City. Stars <laughs> Hollow, I'm dead. So what is your current relationship status? I am in a very happy relationship, happy, serious relationship. Yeah. Love it. And how did you guys meet? We met at a restaurant. Some friends introduced us and just instantly super hit it off. We were friends at first. It's one of those things where you meet and you feel like you've known them in every past life. To go there immediately spiritually but yeah it was a lovely first meeting i love that you're a leo when is his birthday he's a leo too his birthday is july Ooh. 31st but i will say sometimes like two leos together can be a little bit feisty or like competitive like someone has to be in the spotlight and he lets me be in the spotlight so you better <laughs> exactly i love that and are you guys the same age he is a little bit older than me Okay. Yeah, which I prefer. <laughs> uh, same, same. Yeah. Um, I like only ever dated older people. Yeah. And now I only have, I would say, three months, four months in between my husband and I. And luckily he's oh, wow. like, he's mature. Yeah. But I'm like, woof, cutting it close. I would just never go, I would never go younger. No. Not that there's anything wrong with younger. No, I mean, I think it's whoever you feel like you connect with, definitely. Like, I think at a certain point, Age just a number if you feel like you vibe, but definitely in my experience, men who are older just they've been through the they've been through the growth phases, yeah, <laughs> the critical totally. growth phases, and yeah. and also men. Right now, I'm hanging out with my niece and nephew a lot, and my niece is one and a half, and my nephew's three, but she is developmentally like on the same page as he is. That's amazing. So I just feel like you know, women, we're just we get it quicker, we do, and, and they get it slower, and so you know, yeah. I think I read once that women are at least like four years more mature than our age, mm-hmm. whereas men are kind of like you know. They say they're one age, they're that age. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Are you watching Love Island by any chance? No, I've never watched that. Oh my God, you need... Uh, you're not the first person who's told me that. You're probably you the need. third, so I think it's high time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Definitely 
needs to be on your list. So Haley, I want to talk about manifestation and kind of how you began with, you know, thinking about it, getting into it, researching it, learning about it, and now coaching it. Okay. So I'll say that my whole story starts when I was about to be a senior in high school. So 17 years old on the love front, I had just gone through a huge breakup and it was with my first love. And it actually coincided with a huge astrological event in my life where my son and Pluto were in conjunction to one another, which means for non-astrology buffs that I had a complete overhaul of my identity. Like everything got wiped out. Pluto is the planet of destruction and rebirth and death and all that good stuff with my identity. And I literally didn't know who I was. And so as part of like trying to figure out who I was that summer, I took this meditation and energy work class at the Interconnection Institute in Denver, Colorado. I learned how to meditate, how to manage my energy. And I found myself using those tools moving forward very frequently but I didn't really know how to manifest, nor did I really know much about it, except that I watched The Secret in my freshman year dorm room, and then I would do affirmations, but I did it in a way that wasn't working. I would like walk around campus repeating affirmations to myself over and over again. But what we know about the brain is that if you say an affirmation to the conscious mind, your subconscious has something called the critical faculty up like, nope, actually, compared to the evidence, if you say you're a millionaire, we don't have any evidence. We're not taking that in. So all the things I was doing were like kind of in vain, like they weren't working because I didn't understand the science behind it. And so the first thing that ever helped me with anything was EFT tapping. So my freshman year of college, I also was having a hard time with like test anxiety, just general anxiety. I was feeling depression symptoms and I started working with an EFT tapping practitioner and it cleared all of it. And when I say it was really bad and then was completely cleared, it was really bad and was completely cleared. And I thought that would just be a good thing for mental health. But moving forward, I actually ended up doing like a one-off tapping session about money because I was always a freelance writer over college and I could never like get paid what I wanted. And I always had like these run-ins with like the editor-in-chief of this magazine I worked for where I knew that he was actually paying men more. And like he actually stated that to me or just wasn't paying me my worth at all. Did a quick session on it. And the next week was the first time I got paid four figures for writing, which is huge when you're in college. And I was like, man, this stuff really works. So I started doing that a little and then vision boarding. Wait, I have to stop you. Okay. A <laughs> um, lot of phrases or like concepts that I have no idea what they mean. So I'm assuming our listeners don't also. EFT tapping, what is that? I know what the secret is, but maybe you can share with our listeners what that is for sure. those who don't know. The secret is a, it was originally a book and now it is a movie. And it's basically like Law of Attraction 101. So... Jack Canfield, the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, he's in that movie. He talks about how he manifested this huge book deal for Chicken Soup for the Soul. It's basically just like the beginner's guide 101, very, very basic about what the law of attraction is. Then EFT tapping stands for emotional freedom technique tapping. And it's called tapping because you tap lightly on meridian points on the body. So think about acupuncture. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, but no needles. And you're just lightly tapping with your fingers. And because they are, there are energetic channels in your body, when you tap on them lightly while thinking about something that's stressful or like a limiting belief, it clears the emotion associated, which actually rewires your brain. So how is it different than Reiki? I am Reiki? not, I yeah, I think it's Reiki. It. I haven't actually really done Reiki. I think I've had like one session, but Reiki is just energy is my understanding of it, where a Reiki practitioner is able to send you Reiki energy for healing. EFT tapping, you're actually tapping on meridian points on yourself or sometimes a practitioner can tap on you and you're being guided through a series of like mental exercises mm -hmm. to get you there. So you 
I use faster EFT, which is only four main points. You do a round of tapping and then you go back and check the original emotion. And every time you do a round of tapping, it diminishes the emotion little by little. And there's all these other tricks that go along with it. So how could EFT tapping get you the money that you deserve? Like what's the connection in between? Okay. This is the juicy stuff. So this is when we get into the neuroscience behind it. The concept is that your entire subconscious is a record of everything that's ever happened to you, every emotion you've ever experienced, every memory you've ever had. And if you have a money block, it's likely because there's multiple incidences as you were growing up or in recent years where you experienced scarcity and you started to believe something about money, whether it's I don't deserve money, whether it's money is really hard to get, money is evil, money is dirty. People love to say those. And because of that, there's actually an emotional subconscious like reflex that comes up with around money for you. And if you're able to clear that by going back to a memory of that, so maybe it was like your dad who would always say money is evil Mm. and clear the emotion around that memory and reverse it to a different belief system, such as money is abundance and abundance is love. And like when I make money, I help the world. Then it changes the experience you have. So to back that up and how your belief system actually dictates your reality, we have something in our brains called the reticular activating system, the ROS. And that basically just means that we see in our reality exactly what we believe. So we have all of this input coming at us at any given time. I always forget the exact like percentage, but we only take in, I think, like 0.0001% of all the available stimuli available to us at any given time. So if we believe one thing, in this case about money, we're going to keep attracting experiences that confirm that and attracting those experiences into our vortex. So say, for example you're trying to get like a really great paying job and you keep getting rejected from certain jobs. Well, maybe you're not actually seeing on the job site, even though you think you would because it's right in front of you, a job that has like well over the salary that you'd like because your reticular activating system doesn't know to look for it because it's like, nope, we don't do that. If I make that much money, I must be bad or evil because dad said it when I was growing up. Mm. And I still have emotion around that. That's so interesting. Isn't it fascinating? So fascinating. So do you think that would help EF? Yeah. Do you think that would help with trauma? Like, for example, if I have a friend who's like scared to drive because like her mom told her when she was younger that she was going to get in a car accident if she Mm -hmm. was like behind a wheel, like that would heal that kind of thing? What's really fascinating is actually most of the peer-reviewed articles on EFT, and there's over 100 now available on the internet, they're mostly about PTSD and healing the, yeah, the emotional attachment to certain memories. And yeah, that's the main thing. Like, a lot of the studies around PTSD, anxiety, and depression. And so now we're like taking it into a new foray and trying it with like limiting beliefs. And it's yeah. been the number one thing that's changed my life. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. So back to the journey. So you did EFT, you got, you know, those results. And yes. then what was the next step? So then I started to experiment with vision boarding as well. And that goes back to the reticular activating system because the more you look at something, the more likely you are to attract it into your experience. The brain doesn't know the difference between a real experience and an imagined experience. Obviously, one caveat is that if it's an imagined experience, it better be like a really well-imagined experience, like feel all the things, really believe that you're there, which is why visualization is so important. But I wanted to manifest a trip to Paris, and I didn't know how to do that once again in college. And even though I made like my four figures in writing, it was not enough to like, you know, fund a trip to Paris. But I had done the EFT tapping. I had the vision board, and I ended up winning this random sales competition, and I won the money to go to Paris. That was one of my first times seeing like, whoa, if you let go of the how and just work on your mindset and work on the visualization, you know, you don't have to focus on like, okay, how is this going to come into be? The universe will surprise you 
or however you want to call it. For me, it's the universe. And time after time, I've just been surprised by how things have panned out or come together just because I first worked on my mindset. But in addition to working on your mindset, you were you entered this competition and I'm assuming you did a really good job in this competition. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not like you're sitting at home, like manifesting totally. something and then it happens, right? Like yeah. what's the percentage of how much you have to go out and do versus you can manifest or, you know, vision board? I would say it's a solid, I mean, I would say it's a solid 50-50. I, no one's, <laughs> no one's measured it. But what I will say too is about that competition, even the way that came, came to me as a potential opportunity was really random. And so I believe I had to be in the right like energetic space to attract that in. And then obviously I had to decide to like get up and kick butt and do a really good job with it. Right. Of course. But there's other elements to it that my effort alone probably wouldn't have yielded. Mm-hmm. So fascinating. I'm officially done getting my makeup done. And hear me out. This is why. I have been using the Brilliant Eye Brightener from Thrive Cosmetics. I'm not kidding when I say I was always so confused about how to make my eyes pop. I have small eyes. I have hooded eyes. They just like, they don't, they're small. They don't pop. And I really want them to pop because I have green eyes. And I bet none of you knew that because I'm so bad at showing them to you and doing my own makeup. But Honestly, getting this Brilliant Eye Brightener by Thrive Cosmetics has fixed all of that. So I get the Muna color. It's like a mauve top shimmer. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm telling you, it is the best product on the market right now. And Thrive has way more amazing products too. They have a liquid balm lip treatment, which gives your lips a smooth, glossy look. So you don't have to go in and get you know some lip filler. Literally just use that. And again, their eye brightener, it brightens and opens eyes, giving you an instant eye lift. So what I do is I put it on my eyelid and then I'm like doing the motion right now, thinking that you can see me. And then I put it underneath, kind of like where you might put eyeliner on when we were in high school, but that's not a thing anymore. This is like in place of eyeliner, you kind of circle your eye with it and you look amazing. I do this without any other makeup and people are like, wow, like what'd you do differently? And I'm telling you, it's this brilliant eye brightener. Like I'm not messing with you. You need to get it right now and tell me everything that you think and how amazing you think it is because you will absolutely love it. So now's a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you go to thrivecosmetics.com slash Acme. Cause is in the name for a reason. Every single purchase supports organizations that help women thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, not cosmetics. C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash Acme for 15% off your first order. I went to the doctor recently and she told me that I should be having, I think it was like seven servings of vegetables a day. And I was like, girl, do I look like fucking Popeye? Like, how is that possible? How am I going to eat seven servings of vegetables a day? Like, do I just sit in front of my kitchen eating vegetables? (laughs) Like, that's impossible. And so I was like, you know what? Don't think that's going to happen. But... 
I have been having athletic greens every single day, which means I'm absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. So how about that? And she was like, oh, or you can just, yeah, that's really good too. And I was like, I know, thanks. And I'm just a big athletic greens person. You know, I I preach it to everyone that I come across these days. And it's a really great small micro habit with big benefits. It's just one scoop. And then you pour in some water, like a glass of water, you mix it up and that's it. I like to drink it after a workout instead of some big unhealthy smoothie that really is not going to help you in the long run. Athletic greens is perfect. It arms your immune system with all of the things that you need. And it costs you less than $3 a day to invest in your health. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Acme. That's athleticgreens.com slash Acme to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance and to show them that we sent you. Okay, so... How do you get yourself in that energetic place? Like how does one, especially if if somebody feels like they're someone who's down on their luck a lot or they just don't, you know, things don't come to them as as well as they do maybe for other people or they feel like they have less opportunity, you know, all of that stuff. How can they put themselves in an energetic place to welcome those things? Yeah, so first things first, I think it's addressing where those beliefs came from because they came from somewhere. And usually with our beliefs, we have a lot of evidence for it. So that goes back to our memories. So in this case, I'd be interested in knowing, okay, well, when in the past has it seemed like things come really well for others, really easily for others and not for me? Do I have a memory around that? And a little secret here is to really look back at your early, early life. A lot of times like things happened in kindergarten and elementary school that we think are so stupid now, looking back as adults, we're like, I was just a kid. I'm over it now. It doesn't matter that the kids didn't include me at recess. But that was from the ages of zero to seven, you were mostly in your subconscious mind. So everything that happened to you, you took on as truth and belief about yourself and your place in the world. And so, yeah, it was minor when you look back now, but that was really hurtful at the time. And so if you formed a belief about yourself in this example about recess, that people don't want to play with you, you're an outcast, and you've had to adopt that belief moving forward because it was so ingrained in who you were. And now you have all this other evidence for it because you've believed it for so long and so on. So if you're in a place where your energy is off, really assess what are you thinking about yourself and your place in the world and just look at it from the lens of curiosity and look at it through the lens of validation. Because again, you didn't arrive at those belief systems for no reason. And also it's not the truth about you. It's just what you've learned to believe about yourself. And then ask yourself, what was when was the first time I felt this way? What was an early experience that could have like that same remnant of this like emotional effect? You can also close your eyes and go to the emotion and really feel it and then ask it to transport you back in time and see if like a little image comes up. And again, like really giving yourself that validation. If it is an image from a really long time ago and it's something you thought was you think is so stupid with your conscious mind, just remember your subconscious is still holding on to that emotion and that belief system. And then do some EFT tapping, which is really easy. You can do it by yourself. 
One of my favorite resources on YouTube is Brad Yates. I did all of his tapping videos when I was in college, like late at night. It's just like tap with me. And then I also have an EFT DIY course that I launched last week and an EFT DIY YouTube video that's like a beginner's guide, but it's very easy and you can really get shifts by yourself. I love that. And is there anything that you think is off limits in terms of manifestation that no matter what you do, like maybe if it's like, you know, God forbid, like a family member is sick or like your skin broke out, whatever it is that like you can't really manifest or do you think, or like a a relationship, you know? So I think this just goes back to individual belief systems. I am in the camp of fate with certain things. I think you can't manifest something that is not meant for you, but to get really trippy just for a second, (laughs) my perception of it is that we actually have multiple timelines that we can enter into like different parallel realities talk about vibration, it's just emotion. So when you when people talk about up-leveling all the time, that just means you're raising your vibration. And imagine that as you raise your vibration, you're going up to a new timeline. So right now on another timeline, there's the Haley that never discovered EFT tapping and never released anything. And so she's on a lower timeline. You know, she might not live in New York City. She might not be sitting here with you right now or be doing the things that she loves. Maybe there's a Haley who's done, you know, even more or figured out even more and she's on an even higher timeline and I'm doing something else that's more fulfilling. So as for what you can and can't manifest, I believe in all of those timelines, there are things that are meant for you and are not. And it doesn't matter which timeline you're on. Sometimes that person is just not meant for you because you are meant to be with this amazing, amazing soulmate who's going to teach you so much about love and yourself and guide you to the right place. A lot of times we get so attached to like a job or for me, it was always a college, but it's just not meant for you. And you'll know the difference because you'll find what is meant for you. And it's like, we always look back and we're like, thank goodness. You know, at the time I wanted that so badly, it didn't work out. Amazing. That's actually a good thing. For example, when I was in college, I did my first years at CU Boulder. I wanted nothing more than Stanford. I did all the manifesting stops for Stanford. Like I slept in a Stanford shirt. I did the visualization. I, oh my gosh, everything. And like effort over, over the moon. And I didn't get in and I was crushed but I got into Brown and Brown far and away was the place that was meant for me. And I had to be rejected in order to be redirected. And I don't look at that as like a failure on my manifestation part, or I didn't work hard enough, or I must've like messed up the manifestation along the way. I'm like, how amazing that I was guided somewhere that gave me all the experiences I needed to have where I met all the people I needed to meet. And so when you take that perspective to your life, I think it gives you a lot more faith and trust. And at the same time, like you still have that empowerment of knowing, well, still from here, as the story continues to unfold, there are things I am in control of, such as the friends that I'm attracting into my vortex as a result of my vibration, or if I want to manifest that car or more sales in my business or a new career path, you can manifest those things. But in my perspective, and again, it's going to be different for everyone and everyone's belief systems determines their reality. I just believe that the universe is going to make sure that you are guided towards certain things and away from certain things for your ultimate growth and evolution. Wow. I love it so much. And what does your boyfriend think of manifestation and all of the things that you believe in? Is he skeptical, totally on board? So I'll say he was, I don't know if he was skeptical at first, but it was just so far from like what he had grown up believing but he's seen it all unfold in my life. And now he's the big EFT tapper. <laughs> We're always like doing tapping together. And so now he's a he's a really big believer. And he's obviously always been really supportive. I think sometimes it's like letting people see it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's something too. People ask me like, well, do you think it's important that a partner shares your like spiritual beliefs? 
And not necessarily, it really depends how much like your spirituality rules your life. For me, it's like, it's everything I do. It's everything I think about. But it's more so if someone like shares your values and provides that open vessel and container for you to explore certain things without feeling pressure to join you in it. Because I don't think in any relationship, there should be that pressure. And it should just be like a, hey, I found this. This works for me. Like you can try it if you want. If not, still love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you find that because you're so tapped in, no pun intended, to all of this, <laughs> that you pick up on people's energies in like a different way than other people might, or you're more sensitive to them, or like it's hard for you to be around maybe someone who's more closed off spiritually, et cetera? So I'm okay around everyone, but I have issues in big crowds actually because I am tapped into more energy. And so I can feel really, really overwhelmed by a lot of energy at once. This is like when people talk about being an empath, that's like kind of it. You know, that means you're picking up on others' energy. So I actually started wearing my bracelets, black tourmaline and selenite to just try to like attract that energy to it and purify it so I don't take it on. And that's also where I've done like those energy management meditation classes where I'm grounding my energy, I'm calling back my authentic energy. So that's been the biggest thing for me. And I'm definitely not psychic. I'm very intuitive, but we're all intuitive. And I've definitely had more intuitive phases than others or weird things that's, that have happened where I've really known something was coming or have said something interesting. But yeah, no more than anyone else. And I think everybody should do like energetic hygiene and make sure they're protected. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go into some questions that people had submitted for you. And then I want to talk to you about maybe we can do some sort of exercise for the single people listening about manifestation. Okay. Love it. Somebody asked, what is your biggest belief in life? Oh my, wow. I know. That's a heavy hitter. really deep, really quick. Um, I would say that we are always guided, protected, and held. And we have more power and purpose than we know. Beautiful. Somebody asked, how can I trust that this is just a small, low period in my life, but better is coming? I... I like this question and I get it a lot. I'll say that you actually have a lot of evidence in your own life so far. You know, when I look back, I have so many periods and I'm sure you too, Lindsay, of like, man, I didn't think I was going to get through that or that really sucked and I didn't see a way out at the time. And now you see like, you know, hindsight's 2020, how it all was leading you to where you are now. So something I like to do is, okay, everyone can do this together. You can close your eyes and I just want you to conjure a time in the past that you were at the lowest of lows. You felt like you were at a rut, rock bottom, things just were not going well. Give you some time to get there. And now the present version of you, what would you tell your younger self going through this time to make them feel better? I would probably say this is temporary and you're exactly where you need to be. Like it's uphill. Mm, I guess me chills. That's so good. Yeah. So I personally believe whatever memory came up when you do that little exercise brought up exactly the message you need to know right now. Mm. So then for you, Lindsay, right now, whatever you're going through is temporary. It's all uphill from here. That's so cool. Wow. I love this. Oh my God. I'm loving this. Okay. um, Somebody asked, what does it mean when you're attracting great people into your life? Like let's say romantically, right? But you can't keep them. Hmm. Well, I will say the only things that you can't keep are the things that are not meant for you. So the fact that you're attracting great people into your life, that is an epic sign about your vibration, about what you are attracting, what is coming into be. But 
the right person is going to stay. Mm-hmm. And that's just that. And so you really thank you for the experience, you know, have a gratitude for what this person taught you or the times you shared together and be like, wow, okay, amazing. A lot of great people are coming in, but my person is going to come in and I'm going to know because they're going to stick. Mm-hmm. And what if, you, what if, so I'm combining that with another question. Somebody asked, how do you attract someone who is also looking for a long-term relationship? So let's say that you're attracting people in and maybe they're meant for you, but like for short-term relationships, how do you change that to make it something like longer and more meaningful? So, okay, we could take this from multiple angles. This is where I'll also say beliefs can come into play. So you might have something that's in your space energetically that is could be repelling the potential of a long-term relationship because deep down at the core, you're scared of it. And that's usually because you have a past heartache that you haven't fully healed from, any EFT tapping, or sometimes with romantic attraction, it could be an early childhood wound actually with a parent. And you can look back and like how your parents acted towards you. Like were your parents overbearing? Were your parents really avoidant? Were your parents inconsistent? And do you see that mirrored in the people that you're attracting now? And does that make you fearful of what a long-term relationship would present? A question that I love to use that my EFT practitioner Tiffany taught me is what bad thing happens if the thing you want comes to be? So in this case, what bad thing happens if you meet the perfect person, you guys are in a long-term relationship, they're on the same page, what bad thing happens? And at first you might be like, nothing, but just think on it for a little bit. Are you scared that that means they'll leave? that they'll cheat, that you'll cheat, that you'll leave, mm-hmm. that you're not ready for what that commands, that other people will think certain things, that you're not over that other person. Really spend some time with that and just see what's there. I mean, again, like be just curious here and something might be glaring and hit you in the face with this one, or it might not, but it's it's worth taking a look. And then if you do find something that's a little bit prickly, finding the root of it, finding the core memory, and then doing some tapping through it. And a lot of like reinstating what you'd rather believe about long-term relationships, about your readiness for one now. A lot of it reminds me a little bit. So I'm sober and I'm in like, we'll be vague and call it like a program. Yeah. Um, And part of that program is like you write a lot of these. So you write your fears, Mm. you write your resentments, Mm. and ultimately you get the gifts, quote unquote, of the program. So to me, that's like in a lot of ways similar to manifestation. Yeah. Uh, Maybe without like the the right terms or maybe the right way to technically do it, right? But it's like if you do these exercises, if you make wrongs right, if you make amends, mm-hmm. if you write out the things you're most afraid of, if you write out the bad things like you've done in the past and and all of this stuff, then like, and like you're, you know, you do service and you're true to yourself and all this stuff, you ultimately get like the gifts. So yes. like, for example, when I went into this program, I was obviously not sober and I was like, I had not looked within in that way, like checked my ego at the door, you know, as they say. And I was not deserving, at least in my head, right. of gifts wow. of any kind. And gifts are not like Tiffany boxes. <laughs> gifts are like wonderful family relationships, like a great partner. And if I hadn't done that work, which is, again, not 100% the same thing as the work we're talking about, but maybe possibly it in a different form, then I wouldn't have attracted. And like, I say this all the time, I would not be with my husband if I did not do that work and like 
join that program. And it's like, it's, that's just 100%. Like I was someone that he wouldn't want to date, whether he said he would say he would or not someone that I myself would even want to date if there were a male version of me at the time. Mm. So I feel like just, you know, me saying that and you saying this, like has to be some sort of convincing for the people listening who are still like, I don't know about this crazy talk that like, it's worth a shot at least, right? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe I I love a good metaphor because I'm a very visual person. So imagine that what Lindsay and I are talking about is like you are in a hot air balloon and in it is all of your, okay, I'll just use the word baggage, even though I say it with love. (laughs) You have all these weights in there and all the weights are all of these negative beliefs that you have about yourself. And they're so heavy because they're so false, right? Like the belief that you're not deserving of gifts, whatever other beliefs that you picked up, they're so heavy because they're so false. They're so contrary to the truth of your being because you're worthy of everything. And so the hot air balloons, like you literally can't get up. And so then you start to heal and you start to pick up a weight and you're like, oh, this is so interesting. I didn't know this was bothering me. Let me tap it on my space. Let me meditate. Mm. Let me, whatever whatever helps me. I'm going to heal it. I'm going to throw it out of the basket. And then you keep doing that. And little by little, your hot air balloon, you know, then it gets off the ground. And then it starts to move up and up and up and up. And then you think about that, like vibrationally, your inner, your energetic vibration is going back up to literally the truth of your being. And so that's, uh, that's like a little visual about what could be happening there. And in general, you just feel more peace. Like you feel more satisfaction in your life. And that's honestly the best part. I'd say, you know, of all the things I've manifested, just the fact that I feel really happy and calm and in a place of a lot of joy every single day is the best part of like my healing process. But yeah, I'm very fascinated with like the underbelly of manifestation, not just like the 369 method or scripting or all those things you'll see on TikTok. And those things can work too if you really believe in them because everything's your belief system. But until you look deep, 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 like what's really going on here? What am I really attracting? What do I really believe about myself? Even if you get those things, it's still not going to feel fully fulfilling because mm-hmm. you still have so much pain and invalidation in your space. What is, just give us like a quick definition of 369 and scripting. Okay. I actually don't know what the 369 method is. I've just had so many people ask me, but scripting can actually be a good thing. It's like visualization, but it's like advanced journaling. So imagine that you are going to sit down and you're going to write all about your dream day. It's just like that but you're almost, you're writing it as if the day has happened, even though it hasn't. So you're like, today was so amazing. I woke up this morning with my partner. We shared coffee mm. and then we went for a long walk by the water. I smelled the sea breeze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I went to the podcast studio to work on my podcast. I can't believe my biggest dream came to fruition. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. and on and on. And it's just like a fun way of like playing around, kind of like it aids visualization. I prefer just actual visualization, but Scripting could be good for stuff like Ooh, that. I want to script like a sexual fantasy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Please let me know how that goes. I will. Yeah. Um, so before we get into some rapid fire poll questions, I would love to do some sort of exercise, the exercise of your choice. Okay. Where maybe it's something that you offer in one of your workshops. Maybe it's something that just is like a quickie that has helped you. But I'd love to focus on people listening who are not in relationships, who are hoping to bring the energy of that special person, or maybe they're in relationships and they would love to get a ring or, you know, have a baby or just like that, that energy of bringing something that you are deserving of, but don't have at the moment into your life. Maybe we were tapping, maybe we're, you know, you, you fill in the blank. 
Okay. I feel like I love to make tapping really specific for it to be high impact. So let's actually do a little visualization if that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So everyone can just go ahead and close their eyes gently. And while you're in this space of having your eyes closed, expecting the magic that's to come, just take a little bit to do three really big, deep breaths. And on each exhale, imagine that you are surrendering and releasing more and more to whatever you're sitting on, just really entering this place of trust and surrender. And then I want you to imagine that you are on a path, like you're about to go hiking. So you see the path stretched out in front of you. Just notice the color of the path. Maybe identify where you are, if there are trees along the path. What's the weather like? And then turn around and pivot your body on this path and look back and remember what you did yesterday. And realize that this path is your timeline, your life experience. And come back to today, do a quick flick through of everything that's happened today so far. And then I want you to imagine that a gorgeous car, your dream car, Vroom Vroom's up to you and says, come on in, let's go for a joy ride. And they ask you, where do you want to go? It can be whoever you want in the front seat, a loved one, a funny animal, an elephant with a mustache. And you get to tell them which date on the timeline in the future you want to go to, whether it's six months, one year, just whatever sounds good to you. It could be 10 years. And you close your eyes and they step on the gas and the wind goes through your hair and then you arrive further down the path and you get out and you stand on the path. And I just want you to notice how the path itself looks different metaphorically. So what does the sky look like? What are the trees like? Are you somewhere else? Are you the same place? And then imagine that in the visualization, you close your eyes and you take in this day in the future exactly what you did that day. And I want you to imagine that everything you want happened that day, or you're living a day of your dream life. Imagine how you woke up that morning, the room you woke up in. Did you wake up next to anyone? What did you make for breakfast? Just let your imagination run wild. Notice how it feels to you. What's the best part of this life? Let your heart expand. Let it feel as good as possible. And then get back in the car and take those good feelings with you. And the driver is going to take you all the way back to present day. But you're not the same person anymore. Something's changed because you saw exactly what your future holds. You felt it. You saw the details. And so now you're carrying forth that certainty with you, that clear visualization with you. And it's not just a visualization, it's something you made up for the future. It's actually a future memory. And all time is happening at once. It's just how we perceive it that's linear. And so what you saw, the reason that you could come to these details, almost as if you'd already experienced it, is because, yeah, future you is experiencing that. And the only caveat is that it's even better than what you experienced just sitting here. And it's waiting for you. So how can you move forth today, knowing that, feeling that, integrating that, riding that vibration, knowing that that's what you're meant for and that's what's inevitable?
That was amazing. Yay. Oh my God. I loved that. <laughs> I loved so watching much. your face during it. Oh I was my like, oh, she's blissed out. <laughs> I was having the time of my life. Oh, oh my God. That kitchen <laughs> I thought about. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't want yeah. to say it. I don't want to say it. Um, okay. Amazing. Let's do a, fun, a few fun rapid fire poll questions. And then I would love to hear a quote or piece of advice. Mm. So these are just silly and like meaningless. We do them on our story on We Bend at Acme's Instagram and they're submitted by listeners of the podcast. If somebody asks you out by thir- for Thursday, by what day of the week should you know where and what time you're going? Tuesday, Wednesday, or the day of? I think Wednesday. I mean, if they're over eager, they'll probably mm. do Tuesday, but definitely the day before because you got to plot some things out. Yep. <laughs> Wednesday was the winner. If a date is dragging on past the two hour mark, and you told them you had plans after. Is it okay to ask for the check while they're in the bathroom or is that rude? I think it's fine. I think it's all about how you frame it. So when they come back from the bathroom to be like, oh, by the way, the waiter asked if they could bring the check and I have to go. I would love to see you again. I mean, if you want to, don't lie, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all about the framing. Perfect. When you were dating, did you ever look back at people you were dating on your dating app? profiles to see if they made any updates like if you had gone out on a few dates to see if they had updated their profile I didn't really use dating apps so no but I would imagine I've had some friends who've been in this situation and I feel like if they did make updates I mean it depends on where you feel like you are with them but if you felt like you guys were really vibing and heading towards a place of commitment that would be a major reason to pull back I'd say Mm -hmm. do you believe in acupuncture yes or no yes Mm-hmm. But I'm scared of needles, so I've never done it. Oh, really? <laughs> I have to send you to my girl. Okay, okay. She'll change your life. What is considered a destination wedding? A one to four hour flight out of the country or any place the couple doesn't live? Any place the couple doesn't live. Mm, that's the winner. If a friend puts you in their bridal party, but you don't feel like you're that close, should you put them in your bridal party? Yes, you should reciprocate or no, you don't have to. No, you don't have to. But framing... Frame it, frame it. You're like, yeah. you know what? I only had this many slots. It yeah. was so fun to be in yours. Oof. So, so it's awkward. so hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your friend ditched you at the very last minute to go to a concert. Should you ask them to pay for their ticket that's going to waste or just let it go and not make plans with them ever again? Whoa. It's dramatic choices. I would ask to be reimbursed for sure, kindly. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Is it the woman in a hetero relationship's responsibility to dress her man better? I want to say her responsibility may be a fun thing to do if she's called to it. <laughs> mm. If she doesn't like the way that he dresses, then she should bring it up, I feel. Sure. Instead but of as, just resenting support, him for looking definitely bad. Definitely not. Yeah. I mean, but, but also doing it from a place of kindness because that can be really hurtful to hear as some feedback. Yeah. Is it a red flag or normal if after becoming exclusive, you text less? I think that could be norm normal. I mean, mm-hmm. commitments have already been said and the relationship's already going to start to shift and change anyways. Right. Yeah. I think as long as you still like in your gut feel like things are good, Absolutely. that's all that matters. Yeah. Amazing. Can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice that has helped you throughout the years? Sure. Even though you gave us so much already. <laughs> that's sweet. Well, I nodded towards this quote earlier in the episode, but one of my favorites says, I let go of the how and I trust the universe completely. And I think that one's really important moving forward as whatever you learn today is just letting go of the how because the universe 
or whatever you believe in can really surprise and delight you in really beautiful mystical ways as long as of course you're doing the work and really that's just returning to the truth of your being you know at your core you're worthy and deserving of every single thing you want there's nothing more you need to do but the healing work is so powerful because then that you really are fully embodied in your everything you're born to be I love that. Haley, where can everybody find you, follow you, and maybe sign up for your workshop? I'm Haley Hoffman-Smith on Instagram and TikTok. I have a Dreamaway community. It's called Dreamaway, not a Dreamaway community, where we do workshops along these lines. We have monthly money dates, 90-minute workshops. We do a lot of tapping in those. Sunday night, or sorry, they're Sunday morning now, weekly oracle readings to read the energy of the week. And then we do slingshot sessions. It's not in Dreamaway, but it's pretty closely related, which are 90-minute group tapping workshops and then i have my own podcast called big conversations and lindsay's been a guest yes. so go back and through go the archives listen. yes <laughs> i remember you were such a great interviewer it was so sweet it was really um, fun this was so fun cool thanks for thank coming you on. for having me